the word of the word of God, the scripture, in anticipation of the birth of the Son of God, <coughs> creates a type of excitement within us. It's kind of spiritual preparation for this solemnity of the birth of the Son of God. And when you look at today's first reading, we do have an option. We had an option. We chose the option of of the book from the book of Prophet Zephaniah, but there's also another option from the reading from the Song of Songs. Both of those readings speak of the coming of the Son of, of God among his people. And that means all humanity. It's not, the Lord does not restrict. God is coming to the human beings on this earth. And, and it creates within them a type of excitement for those who excitement for those who understand his coming. Many do not know. Many do not know. Many do not appreciate. They even may be celebrating Christmas, but they don't even know why. They think in categories of exchanging gifts, visiting people, and so on. But what we have here is, is in all of human history, this is something so extraordinary that God would come and become incarnate. God would be one of us. That's what's so great. The whole history of, especially early church writers, to say, why did God would want to become one of us? Why? Why would God wish to be incarnate? Why? And when he did, why would he want to wish, why would he wish to become our servant? God, who is our servant, how is it possible? And so those two, two themes are concurrently running. One is God's love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever accepts and believes in him may have eternal life, would not perish. That's why he came. He wanted to be among his people, to be a source of salvation, Yeshua. Jesus means the savior, the one who saves. So the very name of, of, of the one who's to come, is the one who's to, to save us. Also, he's known as the Emmanuel, God with us. And this is when today, when we look at the first reading from the Song of Songs, even though we do not hear it, but what we have here is that there's beloved, there's the, lo the lover and the beloved. God is the lover and is the beloved as he's running to where the beloved is. It's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, my lover speaks he says to me, arise, my beloved, my dove, my beautiful one, come. For see, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of pruning the vines has come, and the song of dove is heard in land. The time is like a spring, spring, the renewal of life. Yes, the past, the winter is past, which means, as we can see nature around us, there's no leaves, there's no flowers, there's no fruit, everything is barren. And so it is this description of God coming to us, like bringing forth spring, beautiful spring. And then he's the one who, out of love, has done for us. Let me see you, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet, and you are lovely, you're beautiful. Words of a lover speaking to beloved. God speaking to us, he's the lover, we are the beloved. But then we have from the prophet of Zephaniah, which we have heard, Shout for joy, O daughter of Zion, sing joyfully. Why? Be glad and exalt in your heart. Why? 
because the Lord has removed the judgment against you and has turned away your enemies. Judgment of sin, judgment of slavery. The Lord has come and has removed his judgment. So therefore, there's no more. There's no more misfortune to fear. Fear not, O Zion. Be not discouraged. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty Savior, Yeshua, Jesus, the name. He is in your midst. He's the mighty Savior. He has come. He will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in his love. God will rejoice over you. Over whom? Sinful people? Broken people? And yet the scripture says that God rejoice when he comes. Rejoice over us and renew you in his love. He will sing joyfully because of you as one sings with festivals. It is, it is from the perspective of God who, has, who wishes to, to join with us, to be with us. That is the, the amazing element. And, and we speak of God with us. We see the gospel today. God with us. Yes, today we, we have the scenery from the visitation. Yesterday we read, you know, the Annunciation. You know, how God sent his son, uh, sent his archangel uh, Gabriel to announce the good news to Blessed Mother and that she would conceive and bear a son. But the greetings is given as an invitation and Blessed Mother for all humanity. She says yes. There was a writing in the uh, medieval times, there's a beautiful, a beautiful words of, of humanity waiting without breathless waiting until the Blessed Mother can say, let it be done to me according to your word. Because it was an invitation to her to allow the Son of God to be born into our human family. So, so all of us, in a sense, are waiting for that birth of Christ in us. And here today, we have the Our Lady, when she found out from Gabriel that her cousin Elizabeth, who was not too far from Ein Karem, not too far from Jerusalem, and from Nazareth is quite a distance. And so we have the announcements by Gabriel that, <clears throat> that her cousin is already six months in pregnancy. Blessed Mother run, runs in haste to help her, to be with her for the last three months of her pregnancy, to help her assist her. But there, there's that beautiful encounter here between, between Elizabeth and Blessed Mother. <clears throat> now, Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. What we have here is, as some of the, again, early church writers would say, that Mary received the gift of the Holy Spirit before she conceived. Elizabeth received the Holy Spirit when Jesus, in the womb of Mary, came into, into Elizabeth's presence, and John the Baptist leaped in joy. This is the, the emphasis is here that already in the womb, John the Baptist recognized the Savior. This is the, the whole understanding of, of the relationship between John the Baptist 
and our Lord Jesus. Most blessed are you among women. She spoke from, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And she says further, Elizabeth, how does it happen to me that the mother of my Lord is a profession of faith? Profession of faith, Adonai. How is it possible that the mother of my Lord, God, should come to me in a special way? For the moment, for the moment of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Faith is the very foundation of, of what, we, what we have. There's a writing today from a, a commentary by St. Ambrose, the bishop, the early church father as well, and as well, the doctor of the church. He says the following, uh, the child leaps in the womb, the mother is filled with the Holy Spirit, but not before her son. Once the son has been filled with the Holy Spirit, he fills his mother with the same spirit. John leaps for joy, and the spirit of Mary rejoices in her. When John leaps for joy, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. But we know that though Mary's spirit rejoices, she does not need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Her son, Jesus, who is beyond our understanding, is active in his mother in a way beyond our understanding. Here, St. Ambrose says to all of us, what does it mean for all of us that all these things that took place, that historical reality of God being born into our human family. And as we know, John the Evangelist says, God came to his own, but his own did not recognize him. God came to his own, but they did not accept him. They preferred to live in darkness, darkness of sin. They considered that which sin brings as being better than what God offers to us. And so St. Ambrose speaks to us. He says, you also are blessed because you have heard and believed. A soul that believes both conceives and brings forth the word of God and acknowledges his works, which means the one who believes Christ is born into their hearts. Christ becomes a reality, not just something God out there, but God in me. You know, when, when St. Faustina wrote her diary, she said, divine mercy in my soul. God, who is mercy itself, he is in me. And this is what St. Ambrose says, God is coming to me. He comes to me. So let Mary's soul be in each, in each of you to proclaim the greatness of the Lord. So Ambrose says, well, if the Lord has come to you, then you have to respond like Blessed Mother. And we'll hear the gospel tomorrow, her, her response. The, uh, Let her spirit be in each to rejoice in the Lord. Christ has only one mother in the flesh, but we all bring forth Christ in faith. Every soul receives the word of God, if only it keeps chaste, remaining pure and free from sin its modesty undefiled. St. Ambrose who wrote this in fourth century, going back fourth, fifth century. So early, you know, it's almost 1600 years ago. The soul that succeeds in this, in this proclaims the greatness of the Lord, just as Mary's soul magnified the Lord and her spirit rejoiced in God, her savior.
And then, as Ambrose continues, in another place we read, magnify the Lord with me. The Lord is magnified, not because the human voice can add anything to God, but because he's magnified within us. Christ is the image of God. And if the soul does what is right and holy, it magnifies the image of God. In other words, when we praise and honor him, the image of God in us, we become more and more like God. We become more and more like the Son of God. That's what it is, by praising and honoring him, magnifying his name, by making his name holy, just like we pray in our Father. Your name may be holy in me. Hallowed be thy name. That's what it means. Hallowed be thy name. May your name be made holy in everything I do, in everything I say, the way I function. May your name be made holy. And because in this way, it magnifies the image of God in whose likeness we as human beings were created. And in magnifying the image of God, the soul has a share in his greatness and is exalted. So happy are we who have believed, happy are we who are being invited to share in the glory of God, to share in the glory of his call to, to be participants of God's divinity. This is the incredible thing. You know, I, I hope that the document which was released, you know, Doc, document from Doctrine of Faith, the Fiducia supp Supplicans, you know, that, that it doesn't really kind of create an atmosphere because people are interpreting it in so many ways. As you know, when Vatican II came, it was the media, public media, that was saying what Vatican II was all about. And this is one of the greatest difficulties is that public media was interpreting what the, what the church was writing in its, in its documents. Often enough, it is the media who says what the document is all about, and we, don't, we never read it. So this is a kind of invitation to us that we would read this document. It's, it's not really long, 12 pages, if you will look brief. And for all, all people can, can actually read and understand. We don't have to look for all those who interpret this document is very, quite, quite simple in many ways. But I would have to say that this document, which so many people are drawing all kinds of conclusions, but this document is a reaffirmation of the Catholic doctrine that defines marriage as between a man and woman, which, which it says is rooted in the gospel we have conceived, we have received from Jesus Christ. And so therefore the teachings is unchangeable. That's the words of the document. We don't have to be afraid that there's something unusual going on. And the, uh, the non-liturgical blessings are meant for everyone. And the blessings of God is available. And they cannot claim a sort, some form of legitimation of, of, of some status of whatever it is. You know, I, I have to say that it is a reminder again that blessings come from God. People who come to church sinners as they are. Maybe they are not able to receive Holy Communion because, because of, of their unresolved status, marriage status, or other sins. And yet they come to receive a blessing of the presence of God, God's Word. God gives His gifts to us. He wants us to 
embrace him, to receive his gifts. It's not legitimation of, of, uh, of, of trying to legitimize you know, non, non-sacramental marriage or even unions. It's not that. It's a blessing that God wishes to bestow upon us, although it's impossible for us to bless you know, um, you know, non-sacramental unions, whether it's same sex or other ones, because outside of marriage, yet the Lord wants us to give us special blessing for each one of us. You know, I have to say this as a priest, and I've had the privilege of being 37 years priest, people would come to me and say, Father, you know, we, we live in non-sacramental marriage, but we'd like to straighten out, give us a blessing, meaning help us bestow grace upon so that we may be stronger, that we may be able to do what we need to do. So it's not making legitimacy of the, of the non, non-sacramental union here, but it's a blessing. How many times people come to confession and say, you know what, I am not married in church, but I want to go to confession. So they come to confession. I'm not able to absolve their sins because they would have to have, uh, uh, you know, um, they would have to free themselves from, from this bond. And yet they ask for blessing at the end, not because I'm blessing the, the sin or soul, but it's the blessing of a person. And so that's, this is what this document speaks, that there's a need for this blessing because people cannot be pushed away. No one, no one, no human being is outside of the love of God. No one. All of us are sinners. No one is outside of the love that God has for each one of us. And this is why God is inviting them to come back, to receive blessings. So that means they receive grace so that they may have the chance and opportunity to turn back. They may have a chance and opportunity to, to, to acknowledge their sins, to, to acknowledge their status, that something needs to be done. That's the invitation. We can't push anybody outside of the church. Church is a place of healing. Church is a hospital, a saint. Pope Francis often speaks. Sometimes he speaks of church as being the, the, the sacrament of God's healing mercy. The sacraments are precisely that which, which are able to renew people. So as I, as I said, just very briefly, the church wants to, through this document, the church wants to reach out, uh, reach out a hand of affection, of love to all Catholics in the hope that these simple gestures provide an effective means of increasing trust in God and that they may receive merciful grace and love because as all are in need of, of his mercy. So I'd like to, as I said, invite each one to read these, read this document, not to draw any conclusions because people most likely during Christmas will be talking about it because the media is all over the place so we don't even know what we'll be saying. It's probably the best way, it's available. Go on, you know, go on Vatican VA and, and if you wish, or just Google the document, Francis's latest document or the document from the sacred congregation of, of faith. Finally, what is the Lord asking us to do today? We have several days before Christmas. What can we do to prepare our hearts? 
sacramental confession would be very important if it's still available. It should be available. And it will be sacramental confession because we purify our hearts so we welcome our Lord in a new way. What else could we do? Reach out to those who find this, especially Christmas, so difficult because of the rejections by their families or the separations, all kinds of separations. Um, the, there's so many wounded hearts. I often hear people say, you know, I, I dread this, this, um, this, uh, this Christmas is because I have no place to go. I, I can't go back to my family. I can't go back to my loved ones. They don't want me. Um, often you hear this. Uh, so how can we reach out? Even if people have hurt us, how can we reach out in a prayer for this, for this Christmas? That it may be something, something special we can celebrate. How else can we prepare for this Christmas? Yes, by helping those who are in need. There are many. You know, we have, we have this tree here before uh, wishing to bestow gifts upon children who, who do not have, who are poor. Uh, I know that many, many parishes have done that. Many, many, even Christian organizations have done that. But in some ways, on a, on a personal way, we can do so as well. So that this Christmas, when it comes to us, that one, we would rejoice in the great gift that God has given to us. He is the gift, the greatest gift, God with us, Emmanuel, the Savior, the one who has come to redeem us, the one who has come to make us like himself, which is being the sons and daughter of God. But then the last, last, last reality is that but he not only comes liturgically, he comes to us today. He comes to us when we receive the Eucharist. He comes to us when we invite him spiritually through the power of the Holy Spirit that he may be present. This is that type of invitation the Lord wants because he wants us to know him so that we together with him and in him and with him become, become the sons and daughters of God that will share the paradise, the happiness with him that will never end. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life 
especially by keeping the word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.